saying, okay, guys, it's time to go. And I think for this one, uh, the main, the one for this is going to be, uh, the verse is going to be Matthew 4.19. Um, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Um, I think for what this, yeah, this is like for uh, discipling and evangelism. This is the going and doing. Uh, I think um, I think what God laid on my heart for this was to uh, say, okay, guys, now it's time to go. I am going to teach you. I am going to equip you. I am going to prepare you for what you have to do. I'm not just going to throw you out there. I'm going to make you ready, but here's... Here's how I'm going to do that. Here's how I'm going to do that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is the, this is the Great Commission right here. Um, actually, I'm going to go, yeah, 19. I'm going to go 19. Go, or, no, I'm going to go 18. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I think in that, uh, there it is. There's, you know, that's what, that's what we've been called to do. But uh, I think the thing that always stands out to me is when Jesus at the end says there, lo, I am with you always. I think that has something with when we're talking about follow me. Well, if we're following him, he's leading uh, wherever he is, we are. So, yeah, lo, I am with you always. That's right. He's right there. Um, And I think that's always the thing is when we're going out, we want him leading us. Uh, If we're going out there by ourselves, that's that's not a good place to be. Um. I think leading into that, I wanted to jump over to 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. I'm going to be throwing a lot of scriptures out here, guys. So, <laughs> But, um, I mean, that's it for me. I mean, if, if, if it's not coming from the Word, then uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean a lot to me because that's the, that's the foundation right there, guys. Um, 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. I charge you. Um, I mean, this is pretty strong here. What Paul, this, Paul is saying this is to Timothy. I charge you. I mean, this is like, hey, this is, this is important here. I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who would judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to, the fa- to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. I'm going to come back to this here, but there, when I read through all that, I mean, there's a lot there, but there's one thing that, when I was reading through that, that God really just like, it just, I hadn't seen it before. And, and it was, I think, leading up to me, you know, Jackie had already given me kind of the, the idea of like where he, you know, like Matthew 4, 19, here you go. <laughs> Run with it. And I'm like, all right. And, you know, it's one of those things of, it's like, okay, God, where do you, where do you want to take this? Where do you want to go with this? And, 
I thought I had it at one point. You know, I thought, this is it. I, I had completely a different way of going. And I don't know why I came to 2 Timothy here on this, this right here. I think I might have been driving to work. I don't even remember. And it just came there. And I was like, I went and looked at it. And um, I think at the end of it, I'll get to that specific, that specific part that, that, uh, that I've got right there. But I'm going to build up to that. Um, I think now I want to get to the point, okay, equipping. How are you going to equip us? How are you going to equip us, Lord Jesus, to do this? And, and I, in all of this that I'm going through today, I always want you to keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, not about anything else. It's all about him. Just He's the one that is doing all of this. Without him, we can do nothing. Without him, we can do nothing. Um, so first for his equipping. He's given us, this is one of the coolest things that when I really grabbed a hold of it, was truth. Are we not all, who's not seeking what is truth? What is truth? Um, I want to know, you know, I've got to have something to hold on to. Something that I can base like, yeah, this is my philosophy, this is my foundation. What is this in my life? And for me, I re, you know, when I came to the realization that when Jesus says, when he says in John 4, uh, 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the truth. It's like truth, absolute truth, truth is a person. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Who lives in me? Jesus. The truth is in me. I carry the truth everywhere I go. Are people not seeking this? They are looking for the truth. And it's in me. It's in you guys. For all of those who have said, Jesus is Lord, who have surrendered, who are his, the truth is in you. You carry it everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. And people want it. They want the truth. They want the truth. And this is going along that lines. That's why the word is so important to me. In John 17, 17, Jesus says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Your word is truth. For me, whenever I come to some, you know, whenever I'm, the word has to be the foundation for me. Whenever I'm coming to talk to somebody, discipling or witnessing, whatever it is, the word, I let the word do the work. The word is powerful. It will do what it needs to do. Weston needs to get out of the way and let the word do the work. Because um, that's it. I, I really don't care whoever I'm talking to. If they don't remember my name, I don't really care. I just want them to know who Jesus is. I want them to know what his word says. That's what I care about. That's what I care about. Um, I'm going to jump over to John. John 8, 31. And I'll read a few there. Then Jesus, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you, have, you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free... You shall be free indeed. Um, when I read that and I see like 
When Jesus says, abide, you abide in my word. You are my disciples indeed if you're abiding in my word. Um, that was something that, uh, you know, I, how important the word is. I love the word of God. And that was something that before I came up here to the, the advance this week, uh, my God has been speaking to my, my wife and I was like, something, what is it? You know, it's like, there's something that we're, something we're missing. You know, it's like we're something we're missing. And, and we both came to the same conclusion almost at the same time. We're not in the word enough. We got to get in more. We got to go in more. That's the only way that we're going to have that, that just knowing that we have that, you know, that fulfillment of saying, yeah, I'm meeting with God today. I'm spending time with him in his word. He's speaking to me. It's interesting, like uh, Jason was talking about the voice, the voice of the Lord, the, the, the voice of the shepherd, the sheep hear his voice. And that's just something with his word, he speaks to us all the time. It's his voice. How would I not want to go into that and hear what he is saying all the time? And it's just like, when you, when you read those words, those words that he says, and they just come out of the page, they're alive. These words are alive, and then they just cut you to the heart. And you're like, oh, man. Or they set you on fire, and it's just like, it's, an ex- it's a feeling, an experience, that it's just like, I can't explain it. It's just like, this is real. This is awesome. I want more. I want more. I gotta have more. And that, you know, and that's something that both me and my wife were talking about. That that we were at that place. We were at that place, you know, where we just, oh man, I hunger for that. I hunger for it. I thirst for it. I gotta have more of it. And then it's, uh, it's how life is, you know. It's how life goes sometimes. And you get busy, and you know, man, we gotta do this. We gotta go over here. We gotta go over there. We gotta do this. I don't have any time. I don't have any time. And I think that's what God was speaking to us. You have to make time. What is the most important thing that you can make time for in your life? It's Jesus Christ. It's Him. It's Him. It's Him. It's Him. So we're like, okay, we, we got to get up earlier. I'm like, oh, yeah. So this was just this week we realized it. So now I know going down from this mountain, we have to do it. We got to do it. You know, we have to do it. We can't just talk about it. We got to do it. I mean, I see the, how vital this is for us. But Jesus said in Matthew 4.4, 4, man does not live by bread alone, but every, by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That is our food for our spirits. We need that. That is vital to us. We have to have it. It feeds us. I'm going to go over to, going back to this, though, I see this in uh, John 8, with that one portion I said. He said, it'll set you free. You'll be free indeed. I mean, this is, the truth, the gospel, this is just pointing us to Jesus Christ, that he is the one that breaks the bonds, breaks the chains. This is the word we're bringing to people. We want you to be free in Christ. Freedom. Freedom and liberty in him. Um, and I think that's just, I, I, that's what people want. They're saying, we're, the chains are just holding us down. Break them, please. Take them off. Take off the chains. They're hurting. These people out there are hurting and they want something. And that's why we have the truth. We have the answer. We have the answer to how they can be set free. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. I'm going to go to 2 Timothy. I'm going back to 2 Timothy here. Uh, 3. 3, 1 through 6. 
three sixteen through seventeen. This is something that always this is a this is huge for me every time I read this. It says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Man, we gotta have it. We gotta have it. When we say, eh, are we men of God? Are we men of God? Okay, if that's true, I gotta have the word that I may be complete, that I'm thoroughly, thoroughly equipped for every good work. When I'm talking about equipping, he's equipping us with his word. I mean, this is, I don't know how many times I've brought the word to somebody, whoever it is, they have a hard time coming up against it. They really have a hard time coming against it. It's like, so that's why I let the word do the talking. Um, Romans 1.6, uh, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation to, to whoever believes. Um, it is. The power is right there. That's the thing about the word of God. I mean, when we talk about even in Hebrews 4.12, where it talks about that the word is living, it's acting, the word, it's living and active. This is alive. This isn't just some words on a page. This isn't just... You know, this doesn't do anything for me. I just sit there and read it. There was a time when I just read through the Bible. I just read through the Word of God, just like any other book. It was just like, hey, I, I need to be reading it. I need to be looking at it. Uh, this is something I just, you know, I know I got to do this. This is something I got to do. Like, a, I think God will, he'll be happy with me if I just read this. If I just read this, he'll be happy with me. I wasn't getting anything out of it. But I think that kind of is going to lead me into here where, like last night when we prayed, we lifted our hands, we prayed, Holy Spirit, we said we want the Holy Spirit, we need the empowerment. That for me was the change (laughs) in my life when I said, I know Holy Spirit that you are the one that empowers, you are the one, I can do this by your power. You living in, you working in me. This is your empowerment. And I'd say this was probably, I want to say almost 10 years ago when this, when I asked for this. I wouldn't say that like the fruit of it really came later on where I was like, okay, more of this stuff was coming together and it was making sense now, more sense than it ever made before. But the Holy Spirit made the word come alive to me. He I was able to see things by him revealing it to me that I had never seen before. And I was just, that's when the hunger came. That's when I said, man, I got to have more of this. <laughs> it was a place to where I would, well, I was single for 30, 35 years, so I had a lot, of free, a lot of free time sometimes. So it was actually good. That was a good thing. You know, I could really get in the Word and everything by that. And, but it shouldn't matter if you're single, married, it shouldn't matter. You've got to be in the Word no matter what. And so, I mean, I would read this stuff, and I have a tendency to, um, I can't sit still sometimes when I'm studying. i got to get up and i got to walk around. I, I pace when I do that, I, when I'm studying sometimes. So I'll just, what I'll do is I'll have, I have, I don't, I like having the Bible. I like having the pages. I don't usually use my phone or anything else. So I have plenty of Bibles. So I lay them around (laughs) 
places throughout. So if I'm at this spot, I can grab that one there or something if I'm, you know, and all that. So, so anyway, uh, I mean, sometimes I'd be going, I'd read this, I'd read it again, again. I mean, I don't know what it was. I'd get so excited. I'd almost just start yelling. <laughs> it's like, and I lived in an apartment complex, so, you know, hopefully I wasn't, you know, too loud there or anything. But, but I didn't care at that point because it just, like, it was blowing me away of what God was showing me about. Because it was, it was a revelation of who Jesus, about Jesus. It was all about Jesus Christ. And, man, this was, this was blowing my mind right here. I'm like, I've read this stuff so many times, but I've never seen this before. And it was coming alive. And I think that's what, I want that for you guys. You know, I want that for you, that when you go into the Word of God, it's not, I don't care if you, a lot of times I might only read one verse, one verse, maybe not even that, two words, but it has to come alive. It has to be real. Um, Otherwise, it's not really going to have a lot of impact in your life if you don't really take a hold of it and just say, man, God, I need your word. I hunger for your word. Um, I mean, like uh, Brian mentioned, Psalm 119. It's all about his commandments, his precepts, his statutes, everything. I mean, it's long like, like Bob was talking about. It's long. Yeah, it is a long one. But man, it just draws that, to have that love, his lo- that love for his word. That's why I'm jumping from the word. I'm going, I'm going to, I mean, last night, even Jackie, even some of the stuff I wrote down before that Jackie was already talk, touching on with the Holy Spirit last night. So I don't know if that was, I, I've got a few more here that I, I just want to read. Um, I'm going to go to John 14. John 14, 15 through 18. And some of this incorporates, as some of this stuff that I'm reading here is, is, is obedience too, is what he's referenced here is, if you love me, keep my commandments, do my commandments. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. That's... That's awesome. I mean, he's sending help, a helper. He's sending the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. I mean, he's given us his word, which is truth. He's given us the Spirit of the truth. They agree. They agree. The word and the Spirit agree. And as I'm building this, this equipping, this equipping, he's, he has given us everything we need to fulfill what he's asked us to do out there. Everything. He has left nothing, no, nothing left unturned that he has not given us. He's given us everything we need. And I think that's the awesome thing is I'm sending you out there to go do this, but I'm not going to send you out there just barely having anything. You know, I'm not going to send you out there that way. It may not look like the way we want it to look when we go out there, but that doesn't mean that he's, he's got it all covered. He's got it all covered. Um, let's see, let's... John... 15, 26, and 27. But when the Helper comes, who I must send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. This is what he was telling his disciples. 
The Holy Spirit is going to testify of me. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He testifies of Jesus Christ. Um, that's what we need. <laughs> we need that help of testifying of who Jesus is, of Christ. And he's going to be doing that. The Holy Spirit does that. Um, John 16, 12 through 15. Or let's, or let's actually go to verse 7. 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I mean, Jackie made reference of this last night. Can you, I can't imagine this. The disciples are sitting there, and Jesus says, It's better that I go away. It's better that I go away. What? <laughs> no way. The, Messiah, the, the King of Kings, Messiah, you going away is better. And I think the realization of that came in Acts. It came in Acts when they said, yeah, okay, um, we're going to wait in Jerusalem, and we're going to wait, and we're going to see. Well, it's like Jackie was talking about. You know, these guys, these 12 guys, uh, they turned the world upside down. It wasn't because of them. They were men. It was because of the power of God, the Holy Spirit moving in them. They were obedient, though, to do what he was asking them to do. They were obedient. And... And I think that's the same thing for us. I, I think sometimes you get in the mode of always thinking, wow, these, the disciples, man, these guys. These guys were strong faith, man. I mean, these guys, yeah, maybe later on, but not at the first. How many times was Jesus always having to tell them, don't be afraid, have faith, don't be afraid, have faith, you know? Um, I think that's it. I mean, let's go ahead and go to John 16, 12 through 15. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say to you, he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth, He speaks only what He hears from the from the Father. He only speaks from what He hears. Um, so He's not going to lead us astray ever, ever. That's why it's so vital that we, like Jason, that we hear His voice, that we hear what He is saying. Because um, sometimes it's probably going to be contrary to what we're hearing. It's not going to be the same thing we're hearing now. Because sometimes we get the thoughts in our own mind of, well, I think it's got to be this way, or it's got to be this way. It's got to be. And he's saying, no, I already know ahead of time. I know what has to happen here. Just listen to me. Just listen to me. And it's going to work out. <laughs> I think that's the hardest thing. Um, but right there, those two, the Word and the Spirit, truth, the Word will lead us into truth. The Spirit will lead us into truth. It, Spirit of truth, the Word is truth. I'm going to go to, this is something I'm going to lead in here. Is first, this, I'm going to give an example here of something that, 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 5. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians here. 
when he came to them, he's saying, And when my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Um, last summer, yeah, last summer, I mean, this, this is something that, you know, I, this is when I saw the reality of what the Word was doing, what the Spirit was doing in my life. This was the reality of it, is when, when you're actually out there doing it, and you see it, and you're like, man, this is awesome, God. It's not me being, it's not me awesome. This is, man, God, you are so awesome. I can't believe this. But um, I was, uh, I know a, a, a guy that is a, a fairly high up, uh, in position in a, another religion that uh, that claims to have the truth, but but they don't. Um, and he he said he said, man, I, I see you, and I he said, I don't know, man. There's this is when I, I was still single at this point, and he was like, he's like, I don't see many guys like you. I, it's single guys that you know. I mean, because I talked to him about. It. I said, talked to him about that. I read the word. You know, I know Jesus Christ. I mean, I just talked to this guy about this because I think to some of them, maybe he thinks we're talking about the same thing, which we're, we're not. <laughs> but, but anyway, he said, I don't, you know, he's just like, I don't see many guys like you. I don't see many guys that, that, that are, you know, that aren't out there partying, that aren't, um, you know, going after the world and the stuff. And I said, yeah, I mean, that stuff, at one point in my life, yeah, I was chasing that stuff. But I said, that stuff doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's meaningless. I mean, this is where I want to go now, is, is serving Jesus Christ. And so he's like, he sent me an email, and he had a, it was a two-part question. And he said, question one, he said, will my wife and I want to invite you over for dinner? I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. He said, question two, he's like, you don't have to, you can say no to this if you want to. He's like, I want to have some missionaries come over and <laughs> to talk with you. I'm like, Okay, I said, it's fine. We'll do both. We'll go yes on both of those. And he's like, okay. So we set up the day, and I go over there. And, and from it, you know, it, it was interesting because it, I feel like God gave me a second chance on this for something like this. Ten, ten years ago when, when I, I knew, like I was saying, I, I knew the word and what it said, but I didn't have the love there for the people of when I went to them. And I had the opportunity, this kind of the similar to this opportunity, almost identical to this. Somebody invited me over to dinner, and they had missionaries there. And all I cared about really was more in the sense of just intellectually being able to destroy them in an argument. That's all I really cared about at that point. And I looked back on it, and I'm like, wow, that's sad, so sad. It could have been the one chance, you know. But I can't, I can't go back. I have this opportunity before me right now. So I went and I said, okay, God, what, what do you want to do through this? So what he did is, all I did was they asked me some questions about what I believed. I laid it out there. And so then I just sat there and I listened. I just listened to what they had to say. That's all I did. I just listened. I didn't argue. I didn't try to do anything else. I just listened. And they said, after that, they said, will you meet with us again? I said, sure, I'll, I'll meet with you again. And so, 
So they said, okay, we'll come to your place. I'm like, great, okay, that, that sounds good. So they give me a call and say, hey, we need to change the venue. Okay, all right, where, where, where are we going here? Where are we going? It's like, we're going to have you come over to one of our leaders' homes. I'm like, okay, all right, well, I'm, I'm okay with that. So, so that day as I'm going through that day, I'm just like, okay, God. That night before, I was getting into the Word. I was looking all through the Scriptures like, I want to ask him some questions. I want to ask him some stuff about this. What, you know, and, and maybe lead him on a course of maybe they, something they haven't thought about before. I don't know. I just got to let the Spirit lead. And so that day I was at work just thinking about, like, man, I don't feel good. I mean, I'm starting to feel sick here. I mean, I'm like... <laughs> This isn't good. I mean, I'm like getting this sore throat. My nose is running. My eyes are watering. And I'm like, I think I might have to call him and tell him I can't make it. And so this voice is like, no, you're, you're going to go. You're going to go. And so I said, all right, I'm going to go. And so, I mean, I got home and I just felt miserable. I mean, my body just started aching. And it was coming on there. And I'm like, all right, God, I'm going. I said, Holy Spirit, this is going to have to be you completely because right now I feel like I got nothing. And so I went, I went in there and we sat down and the guy, they were going to start it off. There was four of them there, the two missionaries. They brought one of their leaders and then it was one of the main guys. So I said, we sat down on some couches and the guys asked me, do you want to pray? I said, no, you go ahead and do your thing. So I sat there, and I was going to pray to him. I was just praying to myself right there. I said, all right, Holy Spirit, you're going to have to show up because I don't know what I'm doing right now. I feel so out of it right now. that I don't even know what questions I'm going to ask right now. So we started going, and then they were like, hey, do you have any questions? So I thought, I think I got one. So I, I threw it out there. It was like, you know, it was not, and I was like, okay, that was me. That was me trying to do something there. So then they came down, and, and, it, and God opened up the, the door for what needed to happen there because they showed me a video of, of a guy that just, oh, man, I love, I love, I love just their book, their, the book that their main book. He's like, they had this video of this guy. I just love sharing about this book. I love sharing about this book. So they got done with the video, and they was like, what do you think about that? And I had my Bible there, and I said, you know what? I said, I'm kind of like, I'm like that guy. I said, I got my Bible here, though. I said, I love this book. I love reading about the Jesus in this book. I love sharing about this. I said, I love it. I said, it's, it's, it's great. And they're like, and then one of, the, one of the missionaries asked me, well, they said, people must think you're kind of weird if you like to do that, you know? And I said, and there's something like that. They said, well, what, what do you, what, how, how does that, you know? And I, and, and, they thought, and I said, you know what? I don't even totally remember everything that I said, but I mean... <laughs> The Holy Spirit took over at that time. Every verse, almost every verse that I studied that night just came to my memory, and I just started going with them. (laughs) They didn't say anything. They sat there, and they listened, and they heard it. (laughs) And they would, I can't believe (laughs) how fast they wanted to wrap that meeting up. (laughs) And they said, they looked, and someone said, (laughs) they looked like, who's going to pray and they looked at me, and this other guy said, hey, he looked at us, no, I'll pray. And I'm like, hey, I'm, re- I'm ready now. I'm ready. I'm ready. So they asked me one more time. They said, do you want to meet one more time? But I said, yeah, I'll, I'll meet with you one more time. 
So I met with him that time, and uh, um, I, I knew that was probably going to be the last time I was going to meet with him because I think they, they knew where I stood at that point after what I talked to him about. And um, they went through one more of their lessons, and I just kind of laid it out to him at that point, you know, totally in love. I didn't, I didn't come down on him or I didn't do anything like that because that gets you nowhere. I've, I've discovered that. That doesn't get you anywhere. And I just, uh, and they, they did give me the opportunity to pray, to give the last prayer. And I said, I just prayed, God, I pray that you'll just show them who you are, that their eyes will be open to see who you are. And at the very end of it, we, I was, you know, we, we had one, one more talk before I left. And one of the missionaries said to me, he said, you know, man, I saw a passion in you the other day that you just, a passion that, you know, that I haven't seen that often. You know, it's just that passion for Jesus. And I was like, yeah. And, and she said, and, you, and I don't, she said, I probably haven't read anything in my Bible for like three months. She said, after that night, she said, I had to go get my Bible out. I had to go read something. And I said, and I know it's to some degree, you know, in their Bible, if it's their translation, they do translate some things differently. But, I mean, even in that, I think it got her, I got this missionary thinking about something different than just the same old stuff that's always been taught. And I totally, and that's totally, the, that was, I tell you, when I, that, before that third time, the second time, when I was just so sick and everything, I, at that point when I was going like that, I didn't even feel sick. I couldn't even, I couldn't believe that I was just, I was just going with it. And I mean, this was just, I mean, I was on fire. I mean, it was like the Holy Spirit was just, and I mean, it was unreal. And when I walked out of that place and I was driving home, I was just praising God. I was just like, man, God, you are awesome. You are awesome. That was all you. That was all you. And I mean, I was just, I was like, sick? What, what was that? I don't even know what that was, you know? I don't even feel it right now. I think I felt it the next day, but not at that point. I didn't. So I think that for me, that, that's, when, when, that's when the power of the Word, the power of the Holy Spirit, the truth became so real, so real. And that leads me into this next one where it's, taught, where it's faith. Faith, you know, and it's what do we believe? What do we what do we trust in? You know, what are we looking to? And I think that's Hebrews 11.6. So it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I mean, I think that, that verse hit me right there just for the part of diligently seeking him. I mean, follow me. is like we're going after him. We've got to go after him, diligently seeking him. And I think this was, I mean, for me with faith, uh, it's been big for me really recently because, you know, sometimes you think sometimes, man, my faith is so strong. My faith is so strong, God. And then sometimes, and then the, the trials come, you know, the trials come. And that's why I love uh, James 1. James 1, starting in verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives all to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. I think for me... 
I mean, more so faith has become big just because of everything that my wife has had to go through. Um, I mean, if guys don't know, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer um, in, I think it was October. Yeah, it was October. She noticed it, I mean, after our first date, that's when she found she found the lump. And it's like one of those things of always, you know, I mean, your faith's so strong. And you say, oh, man, my faith is so strong, man. God, my faith, yeah, bring it, bring it, you know. And then you get a phone call, and she's talking to you on the phone, crying and saying, telling me that I have cancer. And I think for me, it's like, wow, God, my faith isn't as strong as I thought it was. Right now, God, I'm, I feel like I'm going to fall apart. I mean, I started, I was at work when she called me. And I was just, I was crying, but, you know, it's was like, okay, I got to be strong for her on the phone. I got to be strong. And I tried to stay as strong as I could on the phone, but when I got off the phone, come on. I just closed the door in my office and I just sat in there. And I think it was something that was like, okay, God, I got to be strong for my wife. And it's like, no. He's like, I'm going to be strong for you and your wife. She wasn't my wife at this time. It was like, man, something about her, just like I knew it. And I was just like, he's, that's when he said in 2 Corinthians 12, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. God, I said, God, I am weak. Right now, I am weak. He said, all right. Then where's your faith going to be? In me or in yourself? Because for some reason, maybe to some level, I, I puffed myself up. You know, it was, it was oh, God, man, I'm... I'm really, my faith is strong. But was that in me or was that in God? And to this point, when I was brought to that test, and that, that, and that was just the beginning of it. That was just the beginning of, uh, you know, then it was something where um, we got, that was on October 4th, we had, or in October when I got that call. And, you know, it was still going through all that way. We got married on... November 25th, and it's kind of interesting. I was talking to some guys about it that um, we didn't really get a honeymoon because the next day we, we went to the hospital, you know, to talk with doctors and everything like that, and then we came back home, back to Twin Falls. Uh, we're going down to the Huntsman Center in Utah. Um, so we decided that, uh, well, she was going to have to have a, a mastectomy it was only on it was on the left side, so she was going to have to have surgery. And this was December. This surgery is scheduled for December 10th. So it's just like you're, it's leading up to that, and you you go down and you're there for the surgery. Okay, it's going to happen today. And whew, that was one of the hardest times of my life. <laughs> oh, how the trials really, man, push you to Jesus. And then you go, you're, you're there, and you're just, everything's going, and everything's going. Man, I'm trying to hold it together. I'm trying to hold it together. I can, I can hold it together. I know I can hold it together. So they're wheeling her off to, to go have the surgery. And I'm like, wow. 
And, you know, it's interesting how God talks to you at those moments. He's like, you know, how you feel when she leaves you and you have, she's going out there. You don't know what's going to happen. He's like, how do you think I feel when you guys run the other way and go after something else? I mean, you, you know how you felt. I mean, it hurt, you know. You're like, I just want to be there where she is, and I can't go there. And he's like, for, thankfully for God is that he never leaves us. He doesn't leave us even when we go the other way. He's still there. But man, he's like, I just want you to be there with me. I don't want you to go the other way. And so that really spoke to me. And the surgery was, I think it was about two and a half hours. So, you know, I'm sitting there in the, out in the room just waiting, you know, waiting. I don't know. They send word out, oh, everything's going good. Everything's going well. Things are looking good. But, man, I just sit there and like, I get up. I got to go walk around. You know, I got to, I got to, I'm like, I can't even, I can't even, I don't know. I'm not processing it right now, you know. I had to call my I was like, oh, I'm going to call my parents. So I called my parents and, you know, praise God that they, you know, they're strong. They're, they love Jesus Christ. They're strong followers of him. And they were able to encourage me, you know, build me up, you know. Talk with Corey on it. He called me, you know, and I thought that was really awesome. He called me on that day. And that, that, that was huge, too, to just be able to talk to a brother because um, he knows some of the same things, you know, of what I was going through. And then the surgery was over, and then they said her mom, her mom was there too. And <laughs> they said, you know, they said they came out and she said, she's asking for you. You get five minutes. She's asking for you. And so I said, okay. So I went. I, I couldn't wait to see her. And I went. And I mean, she was, she was out of it, you know, with all the medication and stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> She's, I don't know if you know it, she, I mean, I'm kind of a health nut when it comes to food and stuff like that. So she was telling her, yeah, my husband, he's a, he's a health nut. And then she's rattling all this stuff off. I'm like, well, don't tell her everything. And, and so anyway, it was just kind of funny. And, I did, and so anyway, then I, so I was, I was actually, they, they gave me more time with her. So I was actually able to spend that time with her there just talking. And that was so awesome. And so finally they, they wheeled her back to the room that she'd be staying in overnight because it had to be an overnight stay. And, and they had a pullout in the room where I could sleep there that night. And so, I mean, this was a thing where the nurses were coming in all night long, you know, to check on her and, and make sure everything was going well and, and giving her the shots and everything that needed to happen. And, I mean, the hospital bed, bed was, I mean, it's probably like a twin, almost the size of a twin size or something like that. And, and she said, so I was getting ready to go over and get in my, uh, sleep on my pullout over there. And she said to me, she said, I want you to come and get in the bed by my side. And I said, okay. So I gently squeezed in there on the side and was hugging the side as close as I could so I didn't get all on her and you know she's all sore and everything but she just that's what she wanted and that's I said okay because that's what I was like I just want to be right there and, and and it was something that Jesus said to me even in that moment he said 
You know, see, that's how I am. I'm right there with you. Right there with you in the pain, in the hurt. I'm right there. No matter if it's a close, this close is in a hospital bed. I'm right there. I'm right there. And I was the whole, yeah, it was the whole night. The nurses came in and I think I drifted off and they were laughing at me because I was just laying there. <laughs> stuff. The nurses were laughing at me. And that's okay, but... But uh, we came back, we came home that day, you know, she, she was joking with the nurses. Yeah, my husband said, we're coming home today, so I have to get with it, and we got to go home today. So I was like, hey, I'm not forcing you to go, but if, you wanna, if we want to go, I'm good with it. So, I mean, even in those trials, those hard times, God reveals things to us. He shows things to us that if we're willing to just say, all right, God, man, I'm struggling right now. But he says, I'm going to show you stuff. I'm right there with you. I am right there with you. And I think that was part of me of realizing and coming to the place of faith of, of, you know, I'm going to struggle at times. I'm a man, you know. I'm broken, just like you guys. The same thing, you know. And I need him just as bad as anybody else does. His power, his life, his everything in me. I think that's, that was, for me, faith. Faith. He's going to equip us. He's, I mean, like it says in Hebrews 12, keeping our eyes, looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one that builds it. He's the one, but we've got to keep our eyes on him. We've got to keep our eyes on him. I think another thing is when, it's another thing is when, you know, it's so easy when, when the trial comes to fall into fear. Fear. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, because... It's this battle of faith and fear, faith, fear. And it's really, I think it's something where, you know, I go to, I was on faith, I'm going to go to love, love. There's no way within myself as a man that I can love anybody um, the way that God is calling me to love them. Within my own self, I can't do that. I can't do that. And that's why he sets us free. He sets us free. That's the liberty of him of able to love because he's the one that does it through us. Where that we come to that place of allowing that love to come out of us because he has set us free. I'm going to go to John. John 13. John 13, 34, 35. He says, and a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. One another. So that was interesting. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. I think that hit, you know, going into the love, and this is love for each other, for brothers, for, for other believers in Christ, you know, our, our brothers and our sisters. And this was, for me, it can be a convicting thing because how many times do, do I fall into judgment, judging, you know, judging well, you know, so-and-so this or so-and-so that or whatever, or, or envy or jealousy, well, look at, look at what they're doing. Man, I, I can do that. Why didn't they call me? I can do that. There's no love in that. The idea is 
We're supposed to be building each other up, building one another up. I mean, if, if that thought comes in your mind, it's like, no, I need to be praying for them right now that God will do something mighty in their life, that God will do something through them. And I think that's when it's showing that that's not me, that's not my love, that's the love of Christ. That's what Christ wants. That's what Jesus wants. Therefore, that's what I should want. That's what I want. I think we go, I'm going to jump over here to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. It says, and I'm going to read a little bit here. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that, the, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because inv- fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. I think for me that of seeing that the love, I mean, that's even when I was thinking, talking about the fear that comes in, that fear that comes in when, when, when things are happening. But that love of Christ is in you. There should be no fear in there. There shouldn't be fear. I mean, fear will come. It will come. But with the power of Christ, you can overcome it with remembering. The trial is going to pass. The trial will go by, it's the, by the wayside. But we love him because he first loved us. I mean, for me, that is, it doesn't matter what's going on. His love never ends for us. He loved us. It says, what in Romans, yeah, Romans, where, it's talk, where he says, God demonstrates his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were sinners, Christ died for us. Wow, God demonstrated his love, that he loved us. He wanted to set us free. He wanted us to come to him. Um, I think when I read you know, thir- John 13, 34 through 35, when he was talking about that love, that they all would know that we were his disciples through that love. It's a life that's marked by love. It's a life that is marked by love. That is something that Jesus wants us as his disciples to have a life that is marked with his love, that people can see it. And I know that's hard. I mean, sometimes we don't want to walk in love. We don't want to walk in love. We want to, I don't know, judge. We want to, um, we just want to come in condemnation and, and just tear people down. And that is the flesh wanting to do its thing, you know. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's his power. 
It's his power. I think it's coming through this. Is I'm, I'm laying these out here. I've, I've, be, I've talked about the word of God, the Holy Spirit, that our faith, our faith is founded on him. This love is founded on Christ. This is all him. This is all him doing it. This is not us. He's equipping us. He's totally equipped us with everything that we need. I'm coming to... This was something I read over, and you know, it's something that is always interesting as a disciple, is we're going to be... That God's... He's calling us to this, uh, the Great Commission. It was something that Jack, I mean, Jackie was talking about, you know, the, as we've been talking, there, there's a cost. There's a cost. And I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to bring this in because he's equipping us and he's making us ready. But what is the cost of this? What is, what is this? What is this? And I, I'm going to go to Luke 14. Uh, 14, 25, Luke 14, 25. That's where I'm going to start. Now, great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000, or else while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever you does not forsake all that he has, that he has cannot be my disciple. You know, as I was looking at that, it's like, there's a cost, you know. It's, uh, I think, like at the end there, it says, does not forsake all that he has. It's total surrender. And it's only through him working in us, our love, that love that he has in us, that, yeah, God, all I want is you. All I want is you. Total surrender. Total surrender. And I think Jackie was even talking on that last night. You know, some of the same things that I talk about here is, is like even at the beginning of that when he says hate, and that's what Jackie said. You know, that's a choosing. What are you? Are you even going to choose? You know, choose your father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, your own life, your own life. No, it's when it comes to Jesus has more meaning than all. He's. I set him higher than everyone. I set him higher than my own life. Because he bought me. He bought me. He purchased me in his blood. In his blood. And I think that's where, as I lay these things out and I come to that, is, as we're walking in these, he's totally equipped us. Are we totally surrendering to him and saying, okay, I think he's coming in. Is he, are you, Lord, Jesus, I am going to let you teach me. I'm going to let you teach me and show me and prepare me. He uses, I can't believe how, there's many, many of you guys in here that have had, a, had an impact of pouring into me, pouring into me. And I praise God that he's used you to do that. And I pray that he uses me 
to do that for others. And I pray that he does that for all of you, for all of you, that you will come to that place of, of doing these things, of saying, yes, Jesus, I want to surrender it all to you. Show me how to do that. I don't completely understand how to do that. But show me how to do it, Lord, because I want you. I want you with everything that is within me. I want people to know about you. they got to know about you. And I think that's when it comes is, how real are we? How real are you, Jesus? How real is this to me? Is this my life? Is this me? Is this what I want? And I think that's it. It's like, if this is the foundation, is this is this this is if this is the center of my life, if you are the center of my life, then I gotta give it all up. Everything else, it doesn't matter. It's just stuff or whatever it is. It's passing away. It's fading. It's rusting. It's rotting. It won't last. It has no meaning. It will pass. But you are eternal. You are forever. This is real. This is real. And I think that's what it led me to is I got to check my heart. I got to check where I'm at. What's going on? And I think that's why I'm going to go to Matthew. Matthew 16. Six, or no, sorry, Matthew 6. Matthew 6. 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I'm going to jump down to 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will love, he will be loved he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I think that's where, you know, I had to come to you. Everyone's got to come. Like, we need to say, I, we need to be checking ourselves all the time, looking, where is my treasure? My heart is where my treasure is. What am I treasuring right now? What, what is it? Is it you? Oh, I can't serve two masters. I can't serve you and serve this. But which one's going to go? Which one am I gonna? Which one am I gonna follow? Am I gonna follow the one that uh, is the place where rust, rust, moth, and rust destroy, and where thieves, thieves can break in and steal, where it can just be like that and it's gone? Oh, it's like I gotta be found. I gotta be on the rock. He's not going anywhere. That rock, that foundation, that I can build my house on, that I can build on. Man, that's the place I want to be. That's the place I want to be. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and read Matthew. And he even says, it's carrying on. It's still in chapter 6 there, verse 33. It says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. I think that's your heart. Is What are you seeking? What is the first thing you want to seek? It says, Seek first the kingdom of God. And that's where you that's where you got to come that's where I've like yeah God. I mean there were so many times for me in the past where I I saw he started revealing to me and showing me the things that I heaped up for myself, the idols, the things that I chased after, the things that I thought were oh these are okay, these are okay, but they sucked me in. They sucked me in to taking my time, taking my money, 
I'm not saying all things are... You can enjoy things, but when they become gods, that's where the problem comes. If these things are your gods, you can only serve one master. It's either the world and the things of the world, or it's Jesus Christ. But you have to choose that. And the problem, and the thing that I always have to look at and say is, well, if he's, if I say, if he's saying follow me, and he's preparing me and making me ready, how can he teach me if he's not my master? If my master is this stuff, I'm not listening to what he's saying. I'm not listening to his, to what he wants to show me to prepare me and make me ready to do what he's asking me to do. I want to go to John 15, 4 through 11. And I think that's that was one of the hardest things for me to, to, to come to that place of realizing the things that that were essentially. I mean, these things, if we if we let them be our gods, they will kill us. They will destroy us. They will destroy us because there's no life in them. There's no life in these things. They steal our time. When that time when we could be in the Word of God, we could be spending time with the Master who has everything we need. Everything. Fifteen four through 11. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I think that's it. I mean, for me, as I was reading through that, it says, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Am I bearing fruit if he's not my master? He's not teaching me. He's not leading me. I'm not following him. And I think that's the thing of, if I want to be equipped to be able to go and do what he's asking me, I have to let him teach me. I have to let him be my master. He has to be my master for and able for this to happen, for me to be equipped, to be ready, to do what he's asking me to do. And I want to do what he... It's like, I want to be able to fulfill that. I want to be able to fulfill what he's asked me to do. I pray that you guys say, yes, he's got something for me. He's got something for me that he wants me to do. And he will accomplish that. But he must be my master. He must be my teacher. And I think we're getting close to the home stretch here. <laughs> um, and I think that's where I say, you know, it was good for me to see all this because I was like, 
He's calling me to be his disciple. He's calling me to go do these things. He's calling me to follow him. And I'm saying, okay, what, after I read through all this, have I ever read through all this scripture and saw these things, I'm like, okay, who, who is this person? What does this person look like? A life of complete surrender to him. A life founded on the truth. A life that walks by faith in him and his word. A life filled with his love and a life of obedience, listening to his voice. And I'm like, I'm like is that me? Within myself? No, that's not me. Teach me to be that, Lord. Be my master. You will do all that. You will help me do all that. You will help me be that person. But I can only be that person through you. It is your power. It is your life. It is everything. And I think that was just, it was resonating with me after Jack said, come, come and die. You got to let go of yourself. You got to give it to him. Something that, something that God revealed to me a while, not well, a while back, and I always struggled with uh, confidence. I I didn't like, I don't know, I just had no confidence in myself at all. And it's because that's what it was. I was trying to base it on myself, in myself. And I was like, okay, God, i got to have confidence in you. The confidence has to be in you, in your word. And after these different experiences and all this stuff has happened, I saw that my confidence rose, but it wasn't in me. It was in him, it was in his word, it was in everything that he was doing in me. It was in him. And it's like, I felt him like saying, it's like, because sometimes, you know, you, you just don't, like, what's my purpose? I, I think I know it, it, it's for you, right? What's my purpose? Why do I exist? I should exist for your glory. And it's like he said to me, I mean, that's it. It's like, I knew you. I knew you before you were born. Same thing to you guys. I knew you before you were born. And when he said to me, he said, you're alive today. He said, for this day you were born. You were born. And so I, I, say, I say that sometimes, sometimes, you know, it's just like, you know, it's like when things are happening, things are going on. It's like, for this day I was born. For a reason, this day I was born to do something for you, to do something for you today. And that's like my, sometimes, you know, my wife is, you know, they, she had the surgery and everything. And, you know, we don't, they don't totally know. Is there still cancer there? We don't know yet right now. And so sometimes she's like, I'm scared. You know, I don't, I don't know if it's still there. I, I don't know how long I'm going to live. But she's like, I want to live. I want to live because I want to do what God's called me to do. And I say, I say to her, I say, sometimes she's crying while this is happening. I say, for this day, you were born. You will. He will accomplish everything he needs to accomplish in you. If it's just today, if it's just this day, he will finish it. And so I'm saying that to you guys today that 
He knew when you were going to be born. I don't care how old you guys are. It doesn't matter. He said, I saw you before you were born. For this day, you were born. And like Jackie said, yes, don't waste it. Don't waste it. Today is the day. Today. If you don't know him today, this is your opportunity to say yes. You are everything I need because without you I am bankrupt. I have nothing. I am perishing. I am dying. And he's saying, come to me. Come and die. Give yourself to me. Surrender it all to me. Make me Lord and Master of your life. So to finish, I felt like he was saying what I was going back to uh, what I said in 2 Timothy there that I read just earlier that something was, I was going to come back to that. When he said, at the very end there when he said, Fulfill your ministry. Fulfill your ministry. Each of you guys has a ministry. You have your family. You have the people you work with. You have the people around you. You encounter people all the time. You have a ministry. And with everything I've said, he's equipping you to do everything you've got to do. That call he's put on your life. He says, with me, you will, with me, with Jesus, with Jesus Christ, you will fulfill your ministry. You will fulfill your ministry. Like Timothy, he fulfilled his ministry. You will fulfill your ministry. Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will bring it through to completion. He will complete it. He will complete it. I say to you guys, as my message for this is, when he's saying, follow me, follow me. Because he's like, I got a plan for you guys, for each one of you guys. I got a plan. If you follow me, that plan is going to be totally realized. If you surrender it to me, if you come and die, bear your cross, follow me. You're gonna, re- it's gonna be realized in your life, and it's gonna say, I mean, this is the, I just, for this day you were born, you will fulfill your ministry, but it's completely in Jesus Christ completely in Jesus Christ. I got one more scripture here. 2 Timothy 3, 6-8. This follows right up with what Paul said. Paul says this to Timothy, for I, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will give to me on that day, and not only to not only and not to me only, but also to who have loved his appearing. Let's finish the race, guys. Give it all to him and let's finish it. He'll do the work. He's equipped you totally to do it. And I say, guys, let that fire burn in you, man. It's real. He's real, and it's awesome, guys. 
The trials are going to be there. The hard times are going to be there. But I know He is faithful. He will bring you through every one of them. And you will finish your race. And win, ultimately. Because you're going to be home. So that's, that's what I got. Let's go ahead and let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you, God, for this opportunity to be up here this weekend, Lord God, of learning what it is to follow you. God, but now we got to go down. we got to go down to the valley. Father, it reminds me of when David went down to meet Goliath. Father, there's giants in men's lives, Lord God. They're going back down to the giants. They're going to go meet the giants. But Lord God, they got to go meet those giants with you, with, with you, Lord God. For what David said, Today, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. He knew it was the Lord, that it was the, you, Lord God, that would deliver the, the giant into his hands, Lord God.